0: Hello, welcome to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by the Warhammer alchemist himself, Stuart. Hello, sir. How are you?
1: Good day. I'm doing very well.
0: You're doing great. Yes. That's what you're doing. We're going to talk Warhammer. I'm doing we... great. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not letting you do anything but have fun on the show. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to the show. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining us live. Uh, like Prop Joe, T-Man Cash, Pedro Fantastico, Yes Meet Balls and Diadrin. It's lovely to have you here. Stuart, today is going to be my player interview of the week, which I'm very excited about, because he's kind of my Warhammer hero at the moment. He's a bit of a legend. He keeps taking people to task online. Uh, we saw uh, you play online uh, two weeks ago uh, with your Ogre Moore tribes, and uh, some people were saying it was some of the best Warhammer they've ever seen. Uh, the comments were electric uh, on the YouTube videos. I think they were your fake accounts, but more on that later.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> some some uh, Morton Winkle anti fans, eh? You yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Morton Winkle fans are all over the place, uh, mainly in Lederhosen, though. So, hello, everyone. Uh, hope you're well. This is all we're going to be talking about uh, today. And it's going to be really fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. Thanks to Liam Jordan for resubscribing. Uh, I hope you're well, and it's lovely seeing you here. Uh, yeah, and it's it's really really nice. Thanks to everyone on the podcast, of course. So, Stuart, uh, where are you based at the minute? Let's t- let's find out about you. Where are you based? How are you doing? What's going on?
1: So I'm originally from Melbourne, uh, part of the Model Citizens Club, but recently moved to Japan. Um, riders events started opening up. So that's kind of the main reason I've gotten so deep into TTS is that I moved from no COVID to COVID. And so I've kind of had both experiences of, you know, playing playing the TTS grind and then doing real life events. Yeah, of course. Um, Would you, yeah. I, I,
0: uh, I think a quick jump off uh, as a question. Like, do you think there's a significant difference between the two? Like, because you've been doing a lot of TTS, right?
1: Well, I definitely, when I played some real-life games after grinding so many TTS games, I, I did feel a big difference. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but I just got 12 inches out and, you know, measuring an aura, and I was like, this is, this is fucking huge, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> there with the five, he's like hey, he covers the whole table whereas on tts because you've always got that you know super zoomed out bird's eye view it looks pretty small in comparison to, to everything else mm. um, yeah, that's, so that's yeah your common. whole your whole sense of distances get thrown out basically when you're playing tts so it takes ages to readjust yeah
0: that's going to be very interesting i wonder uh, i i've been thinking about this a lot how people are going to readjust when they go back to real life events uh, people are going to be rusty are we're going to have some weird event results for the like next year as people kind of like get their eye back in or will people who've been secretly practicing in their garage uh, like start dominating events you got any thoughts on that
1: i definitely think people have been sitting there with five heroes with the aura generator on just you know not not having to measure all of that in real life, they're going to struggle, uh, particularly if the rounds get shorter or anything like that. You know, everyone's playing three or three and a half hour rounds right now, but I don't think that's really that feasible over a weekend, especially a six, a six game weekend, right? You yeah, know, of
0: course, it's, it's course. It's a long
1: weekend. Yeah. I
0: mean, unless we all yeah. start at seven, start at 7am, which obviously there's a huge push <sighs> in the community for by no one, by no one. By you know, gamers, man,
1: they, they love getting up at 7am gamers (laughs) love getting up at 7am man it's it's their favorite thing
0: it's their favorite thing to do uh scott b says i need a tts aura set in in real life hello gitly hello um there's some good questions this is iron gutsman the iron gutsman uh the the man himself Uh, i think uh, you've been dubbed by owen as the warhammer alchemist or at least that's what it says on the show the warhammer alchemist yeah able to mix okay. things we've got a few things uh, uh, there's the warhammer freedom fighter which is out of mumford i apparently am the warhammer terrorist which is strong strong <laughs> wordage from other people on that one i don't think that was fair but you got to go with what you get given i guess uh-, <laughs> uh so can i ask some questions about what how and when you started warhammer
1: yeah so much like many things in my life i sort of saw it happening, other people were doing it. And uh I always wanted to do it. But I didn't really, you know, get given it by my parents. My, my thing when I was young was was Bionicles and Imagine X. I was into that for a long time. So pretty similar thing. Uh but then I got into Warhammer forty K first and played up until about fifth edition. And then I always wanted a Tomb King army because, you know, skeletons and Egypt and all that. And um, also because of so I the some Kings.
0: also because of the movie uh, the mummy with Brendan Fraser, I assume.
1: Oh, absolutely right! Bang, unbelievable! You know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I wanted that. So I bought some Tomb Kings, and then uh, later I bought some ogres. And I was playing Warhammer Fantasy, and I would play with my brother a couple times a week, and uh, he would just blow up my army with a uh, purple sun. Every, every game which is
0: fine well, anyone ever life. played
1: old fantasy you know that was my ogres that was my experience good, that, that initiative text, you know
0: yeah ogres was <laughs> ogres was my first army and uh yeah i just got purple sand all the time and i was like cool i guess this is life now uh yeah so same boat so carry on sorry
1: yeah yeah so uh and then i i quit 40k when uh sixth edition came out right mm-hmm. um Because hitting flyers on sixes just drove me up the wall. If anyone remembered that, and uh, yeah, and uh, so then I I sort of quit for a bit, and there was an intermission period. And then uh, once I started earning some money, like you know, having a part-time job in uni, I got into Age of Sigma, um, mostly playing my old models to begin with on square bases. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. that's what most people did. That's super okay uh yeah so yeah. when would that would that be was that during was that still points or out or was it in the the uh the the wild days
1: it was it was towards the end of the wild days so the yeah the light what at the you... end of the tunnel was there definitely when okay. i came in yeah
0: we're bringing out points and everyone was like wow okay good decision guys <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> that works yeah all right yeah um and uh, did you jump in like head first, Would you say? Because you were in Australia at the time, right?
1: Yeah, I I sort of played with my brother again, and uh, I mean, back in the day, it, it's kind of gone now. But I mean, most people, especially in casual games, just played Grand Alliance stuff. Like you just you just get your hodgepodge of models from Fantasy and just try and make something work. Yeah. And uh, you know, there are lots of janky builds going around, but that's basically what I did. And I was playing with like you know. Bit of plague drones and some Beastmen and that. That was my main. That was my main army, which was awful. But <laughs> you, you play with what you got, you know. <laughs> you play with um, what you,
0: yeah.
1: And then uh, yeah, and then when it came AOS two, I sort of started getting more into the scene, and I picked up uh, legions in the gash, and uh, then uh, just you know told it along a little bit. Then went to Japan, so took a break for a while, and then came back, and then. Uh, I sold my Ogre's army, which was a terrible idea, because then the Battle Tome came out like four months later. And then I bought basically the same one again. So, <laughs> okay. I think don't do some that.
0: People have been, I think some people have been through that journey. That works. That works. Uh, I mean, it's quite a uh, relatively cheap army to collect with the start collecting boxes, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a huge advantage there. Uh, so, would you say, like, your favorite army of all armies is Ogre's?
1: uh yes yes i would is it
0: or is there is there something else that looks like there's something else that might have you i like i
1: like playing both you know like and we talk about the sin guy and the bin guy a lot but i i like a mix of both you know and if you can ever ally in some bin units to a sin book you know like the prime into into seraphon or something i feel like it 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 does something out (laughs) (laughs) something happens it works I don't know why, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. It's a, it's a marriage that was never meant to happen, but apparently it does work. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so what is it about ogres that you particularly liked? Like, talk to me. There's going to be some big ogre fans out there. What is it that attracts you okay. to the swole, husky men?
1: So, okay. Initial premise is I like the be in guys' books better, just just generally speaking. Like, okay. I think there's uh, more in the way of, uh, interesting allegiance abilities, not just, you know, your whole army can't retreat or your, my whole army can retreat and charge, that kind of thing. There's yep. some more qualifications. And, um, you know, sometimes it gets too specific, but uh, generally it gives you like a nice little toolbox. Uh, so with the Ogres, I, I really liked the uh, objective capping rules and the mortals on the charge. Uh, I felt that made them like a pretty clean army to play with and uh there's a lot of units in open war tribes and uh not a lot of them get um love from people but uh, i think there's a lot of depth in the book and i've always thought that since it came out yeah
0: well so to get to, to be crystal clear for everyone at home bobbin thank you very much for resubscribing by the way uh you came to my attention uh, not that you weren't in my attention before but you weren't so uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> by, playing yeah.
1: guts,
0: uh, by playing iron guts by playing iron guts and doing very very well with iron guts uh, honestly the first time i read like uh, how you look is very much not how i feel your armies you like i feel like you you play like a a 50 year old grizzled old sea captain is how i picture your play style uh, which isn't obviously how you look you look like a, a young hip fella uh from uh the the, <laughs> the cool side of the streets uh the, <laughs> the um uh yeah you you were running a load of Iron Gutsmen and then obviously we saw recently uh, and doing very well with them I'd like to point out like uh, bricks of Iron Guts in units and this was on TTS uh, and then also uh, playing with your Yetis uh, we saw recently and doing really really well uh, and just being just like just shy of being able to go six and oh that top eight which was amazing, and there were some really great games. You play Phenomenal Warhammer. Like, it's really, really fun to see. I was talking to someone about this yesterday who doesn't know much about Warhammer. I was like, some people just play Warhammer well, and actually, it's quite rare for me to watch people play Warhammer well. I know that sounds dumb, considering i watched a lot of Warhammer, but let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, not a lot of you are at that level. Like, so it's interesting watching you play. So how and why... Did you decide the ogres and getting the best out of ogres was your path? Is it just Australian belligerence? Because that's a pretty common theme uh, with the Australian meta.
1: There's there's definitely something going on there with Australians and bringing a unit they like and just making it work. Like you know Sam Morgan's obsession with with hex rates. He's making it work somehow because on paper the unit doesn't look very good, does it? But at all, he's he's making it work. Yes, um, and. So I think that's definitely part of it. Um, but to be honest, man, like, I just started just putting random shit together and expecting it not to work, and then it did. And then I just kept doing that. And, you know, I just, I, the first game I played with Iron Guts was against 10 Grimrath Berserkers, and I, 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 you know, I couldn't, I, I didn't learn anything from that game about Iron Guts because it was like, you know, my, my finance list is not that serious and my list is not that serious. But then I started playing against like Nagash and that kind of thing and against like Petrifex Nagash at the time. Um, I was playing my mate Arthur Vulgaris like every week and I still do a lot. And uh I mean lovely I, fella
0: that Arthur it was, lovely fella. Yeah,
1: brilliant brilliant fella, great, great gamer. Shout out to Arthur. Um, but yeah, I found myself having like a sort of fifty percent win rate into that at least. So I was like, all right, this is this is something actually. Uh, and then I think it all changed when I started running it. In Winterbite, after the new general's handbook came out um and i just i found my opponents would struggle to work out what to do and that's sort of been a running theme of my list since then is just trying to build stuff that my opponent is not going to know how to deal with
0: so do you do you mean by that like uh, you create problem units or uh they lack knowledge on how the thing is going to play
1: so, I mean, obviously, with Yetis, um, more so than Iron Guts, there's there's a lack of knowledge about the actual unit itself. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, if you, you know, and Cities players benefit from this a lot as well. If you just have a book with a lot of units and just chuck them on the table in some weird combination, uh, there's there's an element of of surprise in there. Like your opponent doesn't know what what you're onto. Um, if the synergies aren't really obvious, like, you know, a lot of the the newer books, like Daughters of Cain, have some pretty obvious synergies in there, right? Marathi makes the Bloodstalkers shoot twice, mm-hmm. but, like, Firebelly and Iron Guts doesn't seem like an obvious synergy, right? I mean, he has that, that spell to roll an eight to give a negative one to hit aura, um, but it's not obvious why Iron Guts benefit from that. It's not like giving them an extra Ren, for example, would be brilliant, but there's nothing like that in the book. There's all sorts of like hidden combinations and synergies and anti-synergies as well, yeah.
0: Okay. So and also I guess a lot of people uh, spec or don't spec for particular like playstyles. Like I think one of the things obviously that's really relevant at the minute is the Archeon tank and Spank, uh from Zeech um, and being able to like uh, you know kind of ignore it. Like the Winterbite list I thought was really common because that point um, me and Owen were obviously talking a lot about shooting. And winterbite makes you minus one hit only within your territory, right? Um, for all yeah. of your units uh, from shooting. Um, I don't think it's for melee as well. Is it just shooting?
1: It's just shooting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So like that's that that's really interesting. Like, cool. That's a great start. And then uh, another minus one hit from the fire belly. Okay, look out, sirs. An additional minus one to hit. That's really fun. So you can kind of see where you're going with it as a playstyle, And then you throw iron guts in there like yeah talk to me about iron guts and why they're in there
1: okay so you look at a war scroll like iron guts and you've got a lot of front loaded damage but fairly crappy durability right like yeah. i mean they're 440 points for eight of them it's 32 wounds at a four up save uh it's you know that's sort of gargan level durability which is not good actually if, if anyone's wondering if 145 wounds at a four up save is good it's not most most of the the top tier armies will just blow you off in like two or three turns you know if you don't have any like defensive tricks or msu or something like that so iron guts are a pretty fragile unit and ogres don't have any late game reach so you don't have summoning you don't have teleports you don't have units to start off the board or anything like that so instantly you kind of you're stuck in either two strategies of of building a list, which is either you just go really hard for the early game and you just try and get ahead hugely, so that not having a late game doesn't matter so much. And that's sort of where the the Mornfang Stonehorn kind of build would come in. You just you just ram and you go, I'm capping all the objectives and I'm going to get so far ahead and blow up so many of the units that I just stay far ahead enough that me having no late game doesn't matter, right? Yep. But I guess you can't do that because you can't get there turn one. So um, you know, most games you can pick the turn because you're fairly low drop. Uh, So you probably go second. If your opponent's a good player, he does nothing. If you want to know how to play against Iron Guts, do nothing on the first turn. Just stand there and put like some Aether Wings on the objective and then just (laughs) watch me me squirm, right? That's how you play against Iron Guts. So if he does that and then I'm going second, right? Mm. Um, If I just move up into the middle of the board and then he wins the priority... Um, he can choose to either give me the turn, and I'm probably not going to do that much. I'm probably just going to hit his screens, his first layer of screens, or I'm, or he, or, or he'll take the turn and then just blow me off, right? Because I'm standing in the middle of the board. Right. So, what the Winterbite build, and this this applies for the Yetis as well, allows me to do, is, basically play to flip the turn because of the scenario, uh, because of the the territory negative one to hit. So. If I've got all my units sitting in my territory and then maybe I get the Firebelly spell off, I can actually give away the double turn. Um, and so what that means is even if my opponent comes at me and, and shoots me, i am still got that negative two to hit buff up. Yep. So there's less of the danger of just kind of getting just stuck with your your pockets out because you've got that nice defensive capability to not have to take the turn every time, even when it's kind of like you're just going to hit the front screen or something. Yeah. So um yeah and then all that durability lets you have more units the longer the game goes on which is what helps you out um to cover that bad late game uh so that's really the inclusion of uh the negative to hit bus with the iron guts yeah
0: okay and then the iron guts are in there for just the raw damage right
1: they just do mega damage they just go any anything anything and Every time, the, the the first time someone play against Iron Guts, they always go in and they just try and tag you with something. And then you pile in three and you've got a two-inch reach and you just slap them. And you just kill whatever they throw at you. Um, don't try and tag <laughs> Iron Guts. doesn't work. They just blow everything up. Dead. Dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> blow them straight off the objective. Okay. Fascinating. Uh, do you think, like, I know, because you've been doing quite well with them, but you're the only person who's been doing quite well with them. This is the really, the, the kind of, the fascinating thing. Talking to you and listening to you play and also seeing your results remind me a lot of uh, Bill Sousa over in America. Same sort of situation. Sam Morgan's another good example. Um, people who like take non-traditional lists and are doing quite well with them. It's um, meant as a compliment um, to all of those players. And there are other players who've done similar uh, as time goes through, uh, or as time has gone on uh, over the past five years. I've been doing six years. I've been doing coverage of H.C. Mar. What's interesting is, is that you pivoted from going from Iron Guts into Yetis and that still seemed very viable and worked to you, worked for you. Same way Bill were uh, pivoted from um, uh, Flesh Eater Courts before the Flesh Eater Courts book came out and was doing really well with them. He also then pivoted into Legion of Chaos Ascendant was also doing really well with that. Um, and a bunch of other lists as well. Like, uh, And there are loads of great players. And anyone listening, sure, you're the great player too. <laughs> That's important to talk about. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, call me Fally. I could talk about that all day, but I won't. Uh, the uh, so my question to you is, is um, what is it that made you pivot over to uh, uh, to Yetis and why is it that you keep pushing these units which other people don't push? Like what is it about them?
1: So I mean the transition from Iron Gust to Yetis. I mean someone said it in the chat here. Uh, Smorgan said it in the chat, lol. Iron Gust into half guard berserkers. That's that's really one of the major reasons. Like with the Iron Gust, I just felt that some games. I had no chance of winning, and I hated that. I hate just lining up and just being like, my opponent has this army, so I can't win. So, with Iron Guts off the top of my head, it's like Archeon, Fire Slayers, uh, Marathi. Those are the, the main ones you just can't win. Um, or shouldn't win. Like Marathi, yeah, yeah. Because your opponent can
0: play badly, right? Yeah.
1: <sighs> with marathi it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory what what you're doing (laughs) right yeah no i
0: agree but i've seen people do some really dumb shit in my life so like i always yeah yeah carry on
1: it happens it happens yeah Yeah. no definitely it does happen people and and when you when you bring in an army that no one else plays people will do some stupid stuff um I don't that's know the why, best bit but,
0: like uh, i think darren yeah. uh, one of the things darren said to me once which reminded me like of a, a couple of games i played years ago uh he was like you can always just put your models down because someone is going to do something dumb and i'm like yeah they will like and it'll blow your mind i think that's one of the most interesting things like is actually the best way to learn how to play warhammer is just not make any mistakes you don't even have to do good plays just don't make a real basic mistake early on go on after you carry on what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah and uh, I think with a lot of these new armies coming out like LRL, to not make a mistake approach is, is actually is really hard for newer players. And I would encourage anyone who's, I mean obviously play the models you love, but if you can if you can simplify it in any way that you can. Um, just so you don't sit there in your hero phase and you have like 20 pages of rules to engage with and like 400 options of things to do in the turn just play a, a simpler version of that army um you know so if you go on LRL like um maybe maybe just try it without Techless for a little bit um, cuz he he has he knows every spell you got 22 spells or whatever it is so you got a lot I of mean, options yeah
0: yeah, yeah, you've got to play it a lot. I think it was actually really interesting watching Stephen play in the Zinch Archaeo Mirror on uh, Sunday last week um, and watching someone who played it a lot versus someone who played it not as much. There's no disrespect, but like, he just had like, his eye on a bunch of different areas. He's like, right, I'm going to make sure I'm not giving you resource, late game. Um, I'm going to make sure that I drag you in. I'm going to, you know, there was a bunch of different stuff. Even, even uh, he, like, he, said, like, he played what I think, what I describe as top level, Uh, Warhammer or expert level Warhammer because what he did is he forced mistakes for instance moving in Kairos into the top back corner is forcing the mistake for the other Archeon to come out of play as opposed to just not making mistakes Uh, which is interesting watching uh, your game actually versus the Corn Archeon so Winkle uh, all day long uh, because you gave the centre up which I thought was fascinating Um, in that game so you gave up the center and then you kind of like pivoted and and pincered around which I thought was interesting was that your plan for him to put Archeon in the middle and then run around or was that just like you were just reacting by the seat of your pants because Archeon's terrifying
1: well my plan was so for people who watched that game so he went in on turn one and my plan was to go first with the yetis and just make it so he would kill one unit of three Yetis, right? Because you can you can pile in six, and then when he piles in again, he has to be within three of the units still, even though he can pile in six because of the Bloodthirster. So my plan was just throw three Yetis at him, and then he kills the three Yetis. Um, obviously, the Yetis are piling in before he does, because they got the, the command ability from Winterbite. Um, so my plan was throw the Yetis at him, he kills the Yetis, and he then he can't pile in an attack again, so he's just stuck there after killing three Yetis. Now... Unfortunately, what happened, uh, and this is a mistake to learn from, is I, I wasn't clear with my intentions about having multiple models be the same distance from him, and yeah. so he found a model that was um, that was closer and piled in around, and then it got into another unit of Yetis, and then he killed nine Yetis on the first turn. That was that was the outcome, right? Which is That's, horrific.
0: It was abominable, is what it was. It was. Uh... <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it um, was. Yes, but uh, one, you know, one thing we took I mean, there's a lot of talk about Xenia Archeon and how strong it is at the moment. And yeah, of one of the reasons that that is such a strong list is because even if you kill Archeon, the rest of that list is ridiculous. Like Kairos will just win you the game on his own, even if your Archeon is dead against a lot of armies. But Corn Archeon is not like that. Like their whole army is Archeon. They don't. They don't have anything else that does anything really, yeah. um, and the summoning is super limited because then once you spend the blood tithe, you have got none left. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah. it relies on your opponent sending units into you to kill. Right? It's not like you casting spells. Yeah.
0: And yeah. And also, the the summoning is so much more limited. I mean, putting ten blue horrors down versus like. 10 jerk uh, like blood letters or five blood letters like who cares like ultimately yeah. but like 10 yeah. blue horrors is yeah. like great uh so yeah um uh, uh so would that measuring mistake happen in real life as team Man cash as kind of a side note i find that stuff happens more in tts i don't think that's the case i think wasn't or sorry after you is isn't it more about intent and expressing what your intent was meant to be
1: yeah i think that would happen in real life as well like um i mean in a casual game you you'd probably be like oh mate i was intending there to be you know them to be equidistant but uh i mean one one philosophy i have which i think you know small was in the chat he he said it the other day as well it's like if you make a mistake in age of sigma don't ask for your opponent to fix it for you just make the mistake and never do it ever again and that's how you learn you can't go like oh i'm sorry i meant him to be here and him to be here just make the mistake and don't do it again, you know, and you'll never do it again if it's a really bad mistake. So, yeah. So, I mean, I made the mistake and I accepted it and you just got to move on and try and win the game anyway. That's, yeah, yeah, that's Warhammer.
0: You just got to get the reps in and you did, you did win the game, which I thought was was interesting. So tell me about the Yetis. How do you feel about Yetis in the book? Uh, Six inch piling. It's pretty important. Always strikes first uh, as a command ability. Tell me, talk to me about uh, the Yetis. Do you think they're brilliant? Like, or it's just a gimmick?
1: I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I I think something that people don't think about a lot is uh, the expected value of a unit, whether or not you lose the priority. And so what I mean by that is if I charge three Yetis in and lose the priority, what's their value? And if I charge three Yetis in and win the priority, what's their value? So obviously major value is i charge three yetis in my opponent wins the priority they take the turn and then they're stuck in combat with three yetis that's like value number one but then also if they win the priority and give me the turn or i win the priority and take the turn the yetis can still retreat out and then pile into another unit so that that flexibility means that okay it's only like five damage to a four up save and like you know just 12 wounds at a six up save right but yeah, of course. they're so flexible with where they can be and they can always do their damage where they need to do it and they can always tag stuff that they need to tag because of that basically being able to retreat and charge and then retreat and charge and then pile in an attack first either from just being outside of six or also the command ability so there's just so much flexibility in the unit um, which I think in a game like Age of Sigma, where the turn order is not decided is just so valuable um, and people definitely underestimate that, yeah.
0: I, I'd agree with loads of that. I've I got a question um, A question about the priority role. How do you feel about, because obviously, you, like you said, you used to play uh, 40k and Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Uh, the priority role for you, uh, keep, get rid. Like uh, There's always that conversation. How do you feel about the priority role in Age Sigma?
1: I love it, but there is one change I would like to make, which is that the player that won the priority should lose ties, not the player who went first. Um, because if you take the double in my mind you shouldn't then be advantaged to win the next priority right
0: yes that makes sense that does it does so you like the priority role but you think that there could be some things to change the power level of what the priority role is
1: it's just a small tweak i would like it if someone gets the double turn then the chance of the other person getting a double turn should be higher because they took a double turn right it shouldn't be yeah. like you take a double turn and then you're more likely to keep the turn order the same, right, after that. That just doesn't seem right to me. It's a good
0: point. It's a really, really good point. I think one of the other interesting questions, actually, Smorgan um, uh, talked to me about it yesterday. If there was a priority role that you wanted to win uh, across the course of the game, you know, turns two, three, four, five, which priority role? you know turn four whatever like which one of the priority roles do you think is like most pivotal or do you plan for a priority role they'll be in the one that you go to it's okay if not i just it's an interesting question uh
1: it really depends on the army you're playing i think with yetis it's probably like turn three into four priorities generally pretty important turn one into 2 doesn't matter turn two into three doesn't matter that much usually it's usually the late game priorities matter a lot um, I think pe- people underestimate the turn four into five priority can really just be the game if you yep. work it out backwards. You could, that can really be it, especially on like scorched earth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, th- I think I think four to five is important. I weirdly, I weirdly sometimes think two to three is fairly important as well because if there was someone turn one who set up to play into a double one to two, uh, I like because some people do that, right? They like they're looking for that like upward momentum. Um, and then like, if it hasn't gone their way, then like two to three is like them just being like another chance and it, then it doesn't go their way. So, uh, yeah. Um, but I think that so who cats first late game is huge as Tavi game. Uh, and I agree with that as well. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, my kind of, my other question is, is because I, I touched on this a little bit before because very few people are doing particularly well with lists such as yours, and you've done quite well on TTS with it. Uh, my question is, Is do you encourage other people to play it? Do you think it's unique to your play style? Or do you think that it's something that's more... pick? Like, people just aren't putting them in down. For instance, Thunder Tusks, and even by people like myself, were generally considered a bit like, meh. Uh, so, like, I'll hold my hands up to that. However, like, and definitely, like, uh, you and me, I think, have rowed at least in the Twitch chat about gluttons, and I think that they're just the worst ever, forever <laughs> and ever. I don't think you agree. Uh, <laughs> but do you think that um, there's loads mm. of legs in like the Yetis, the Iron Guts and the Thunder Tusk side of it, um or do you think that it's really kind of like do you think you could genuinely compete with those top books? Or do you think it's just you're playing your heart out every time? Where do you where do you genuinely see them?
1: Um I think I think Yetis is the best list in the book. I do. At the moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's better than the Stonehorn build. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um I I mean I I wouldn't run it if I didn't think it was the best build. Um I mean it's not just my lists are always a bit weird. I do stop running it if it's bad. Like cuz it I mean there's there's no point in running something you know isn't good. Gluns. Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're right. Ru- they're rough at the moment, Rob. They're rough at the moment. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They just need some love. That's what they do. Okay, so you think Yeti, so would yeah. you encourage people to to play through with the yetis do you think like it's genuinely like uh, and again if you guys are interested I'll put Stuart's list up in the show notes or specifically Scriver with because he's a legend like would you encourage people to play with it is it a bag of fun to play as well as something you think is good is it is it fun
1: uh, I... okay so one one thing with yetis uh, unlike the other ogre more tribes lists is you will never stomp anybody that's um that matters uh so even if you're playing against a newer player that makes a lot of mistakes because the unit is so consistent it, it doesn't have like a super high upward range it's not like you can go like you put your unit of 40 valuable guys in front of my three stone horns and now they're all going to die it's like i've got you know 21 yetis that don't really do that much damage so it's more about you know tagging and doing you know silly little plays in the late game so even even in games where your opponent makes a lot of mistakes it's still going to go to turn five most games it's, and and every game will just be a nail-biter with yetis um, which makes it super enjoyable warhammer but if you just want to line up and and you know have a few beers and, and nuts and that and just talk shit with your opponent and not focus on the game it's probably not it's probably not that great of a list uh and it's definitely a bit stressful. Uh, which is why I was playing Zinch on the weekend instead of Yetis because I just needed needed a week of just you know <laughs> to face, de-stressing. face roll into
0: your keyboard. Is that how you did it? You just yeah. rolled your face <laughs> across it. You are like, oh, oh man. Oh. <laughs> tell me blue, about the tell me going. about playing ogres consistently and moving into playing Zeench. How did you feel about how did you feel about that? Like like what was how did it feel like as a player, difference wise?
1: Uh so Saints feels very early game focused. Since Archeon especially is very early game focused. And definitely the Flamers too are very early game focused. Because everything's pretty fragile. So you kind of can't wait around. Uh, you kind of have to just go. Um, and so... Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different play style from the Yetis where I'm, I'm playing more of a slow game. Um, it's definitely got that potential to alpha, but more often than not, I'm playing... Like a castle strategy, where I'm just sitting there with a bunch of Yetis around my my thunder tusk and stone horn, and then when my opponent does something stupid, I just send the stone horn in and just whack him because that thing will kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> just kill anything. It's great.
0: The stone horn is yeah. so powerful. We saw it in your first game. Actually, he tanked most of a bone splitter army on his own and won uh, over the course of that game, which was which was pretty funny. Um, yeah. So like do you think that um like you said playing with yet is moving on to zinch do you think that there's something to be said for playing armies that are more low stress uh to have fun with or like you know like like is that what you aim for as a player
1: well i think with zinch uh i mean probably because of the Destiny dice mechanic um there's not a lot of room when you're in a bad matchup. Like, you, you kind of don't actually have any way out. If you, like, if you're playing Arculant against Changehost, because you don't have anything that's random. It's like, he goes, um, you know, 26 inches. That's what he does. He always goes 26 inches or whatever your highest two Destiny Dice are. But he doesn't, like, magically do a million mortal wounds or have a teleport that goes off on some stupid cast value that you might get off. Like, you don't have any, like, surprise factors with Zinch. It's like, this is what I do. Do you have an answer or no? And if you don't have an answer, I'm going to win, like no matter what you roll, because I have like all these cheating dice and I have, you know, free unbinds or I have, you know, you can't retreat or something. All these mechanics that just stop you from being able to play with your army. But if you do have an answer, I don't have any, you know, magic tricks. It's just all out there, you you know, if you you read the Allegiance and the War Scrolls. So um, I think... I mean, there's a discussion about whether the Zinch Archeon is a negative play experience or not. Um, and, I mean, it just depends what you want out of Warhammer. If you want, a, like, a five-game burner that comes down to the last priority roll with Yetis, that's that's the thing. And then if you want another one, which is more like, uh, you know, there's a couple matchups where it's close, but other than that, it's going to be just a complete blowout, then that's, that's probably Zinch, to be honest.
0: And I yeah. also think the Marathi bow build as well. I think is uh yeah it's probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty that's pretty fun. Uh so talk to me about the wider because that's what we're kind of moving on to now. Like how do you feel about the game wholesale? Like uh and where do you pitch it? Like what do you think like what do you think's up there as the major threats and you know, how do you feel about generally the meta as a whole?
1: So I mean the major threats you'd go with probably definitely Zenish and Seraphon and I think Docker in there as well. Um and I think Ko is is kind of in there. they sort of a weird one because it, it it's just down to the priority roll, isn't it? If you're playing that War Lightning Vortex list, you it's you just... go second and just come on, come on, double turn. Here we go. And if you get it, you just beat everybody. It's great. But if you don't, brilliant design.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I uh. I wonder. Uh, I wonder about uh, how you feel about Eidoneth Deepkin. We kind of discussed this actually on the show yesterday with uh, Sam. Obviously, since Marathi, they've had an update and Turtles are more viable. Sharks, obviously, more viable. Um, You know, uh, Eidolon's even more viable. But we've seen them do okay with most of those builds. Not not dominating. Doing well, but not dominating the top tables. Like, but being in the top tables. Uh, I wonder if, like, their upgrades and the internal parity is much broader, which is great, uh, but really... You just still got to take those twenty-seven offensive eels. I don't know if you have got any thoughts on that.
1: I think so. I did. I did watch the the broadcast yesterday. I think I think what Sam was saying was spot on, which is, like, eel, the the defensive eels and the turtle are really great against armies that don't have any mortal wounds, right? They're absolutely brilliant. But all the top armies just just fight out mortal wounds like it's nothing, you know? Like just Demon Rift just comes on, just kills all your defensive eels in one hit, like. So they don't they don't do anything against like Siege and Seraphon really. You, no. You'd rather just have the offensive eels, because um, they're not even that different in points. It's thirty points, so. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, <laughs> really and they do a lot. Uh, they do a lot more damage. And like you said, there's no defense. Also, that demon rift. That's a thing. That's
1: uh Yeah, that's yeah, a... but I, I, I yeah, um, I think with IDK, the, the, I think the other thing is that they don't handle negative to hit buffs very well. They, they mm-hmm. kind of don't have a way around that. Um, so if I'm playing like Glutus Archeon where just my whole army is negative two to hit, uh, I mean, even on the turn three, they're still not going to kill that much if they're, they're hitting not. on fives with all this stuff. Yeah, you know, so...
0: And again, a lot of the the major armies have got very competent ways of producing some minuses to hit uh, out there, you know, like be it Zinch because of the aura, be it Croak because he's got... Well, Seraphon because they've got Geminids, Bound Geminids, Bound Endless Spells, the best uh yeah in the game.
1: yeah but interestingly aside from bound geminids seraphon don't actually have that many debuffs which is an interesting thing about the army but that's not really the way they play they kind of play like killing your stuff and capping objectives they're not really like debuffing you and controlling you it's not a very controlling army it's like no know, it's do not. some water wounds here pick off these units and then just plant my three units of 10 skinks around Yeah, it's probably it's probably
0: probably one of the most raw damage output armies that exists, and it but it's and it but it's also laser focused. It's like, look, here I go. I'm gonna do comets call. I'm gonna drop these. Turn two, you might start losing these characters. You're like, what? So that pushes the tempo up, and they're really keen on that because they want you to hit their castle. Because then they're like, we're gonna put all of this into that, and it's gonna die. Whatever the situation is, I think. I mean, even the camo skinks, um, uh, super sneaky and really really positive so overall you think that there's there's three books maybe four books in the kind of top bracket do you think everyone else can compete with them or they're playing in their own game
1: um i think if you try and play the same game as the s-tier armies you won't beat them so what i mean is like if you're a magic army that's not as magic dominant as they are then it's not going to happen because you're just trying to do the same thing but they have like you know I mean it's for example, if you're playing uh, Cities of Sigmar into uh, I mean Luminath Realm Lords are probably getting to that S tier after the the new um, the new book, but you know, trying to get bridge off when Teclas has an auto unbind every every phase is not gonna work. Isn't isn't it? even if it's on plus seven of whatever they get in Halo Hearts, it's not happening. So
0: Yeah, I actually think there's a really yeah. interesting conversation about LRL where I, I just more, the more I see them play, the more I'm just think lose Teclis. I think if you think of them as a fragile output army and don't try and stack the defensive buffs for 660 plus uh, uh, the the portal and you think of them as an output army Mm. who you buff and then you send off and you control the board space and then get those charges in, I think it upticks the army like an entire game in my opinion. Um, like because I think like you're so tailored in to playing defensively that like I'd like to see some people play p- very very aggro L or l list without techlist and I think so I think but I you know with twin Stones just doing the heavy lifting for the casting magic and not really trying to stop the magic because uh like they can't even like guarantee playing to croak particularly well croak, like we saw that croak shuts down techlist quite nicely because he's like I'm gonna stop you at the back of the board so you've got to start choosing some yeah, yeah. casting values. Um, so I think that's kind of thing. So you think there's a the significant gap, um, even with you playing with yogas. You think there's a significant gap between the kind of middle and the top.
1: I think there's just an element where you got to give up on trying to do what your book is supposed to do, because I mean, if if it's power creep and you're like in you know, feck era, right. Mm. You gotta, you gotta come up with a different strategy because all the books that come after you are gonna do the same thing but better, right? If if it's just power creeping like that, so you gotta look for other things in your book. Like we've seen with Feck with the Smash Bat, right? That's like a little thing that someone, you know, I think Hippie Chef found and just, you know, just yeah, just some just random jack that no one knew about for some reason for like two years. Um, I think it's because the, the people are looking old- for new solutions.
0: Yeah, the obvious yeah. jank is just so obvious. When you do play with it, you're like, okay, let's like that. It 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 really it really stands out. I think is interesting. What well, so um just to cycle back to the ogre book then and talking about it in like relation to the rest of the meta. How do you think uh, the ogre more Mo tribes like it, uh, what units inside the book? We, obviously, yetis. You think great thunder tusks. I'm assuming you think are great as well. Yeah. Don't yeah. They? yeah good yeah Uh, so what's in there that you don't think is great and needs to go down some points or change around or like like what would you like to see like what would you like to see the army have more of or what would you like to see it be able to get
1: okay so i mean i was really hoping for some changes in february that would have been nice Um, (laughs) plus plus one (laughs) because because i've I'm pretty sure man eaters we don't we don't need data for that. I'm pretty sure 180 points for three of them that are not battle line and don't benefit from any buffs really. I think I think you would know that that's not very good. Um,
0: little did little did we know slangor were coming out. Little did we know <laughs> that they <laughs> that man could battle slangor yeah. in a battle to the death.
1: Oh mate, they're better than slangor. <laughs> you <Definitely. laughs> know, fucking hell, poor bastards. I
0: know, so yeah. rough. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So man Eaters, you'd like to see them change. I, I brought this up before because yeah. you, you kind of have, you have Gluttons, you have Iron Guts. Man Eaters, you're just another ogre with a weapon. Like, what is it you'd like to see? Like, you'd like to see them get some sort of, like, janky, cool special rules, do something. They, they have to be significantly yeah. different to the other two, right?
1: Yeah, I, I saw Hayward talk about this, and he, he was basically saying, like, they need to work out a role for them, really, because if they're just ogre. <laughs> with run and charge, just run more thing. Like that's basically what that is, right? Just like a bit, bit of extra movement. So maybe they need to have like, if they're gonna get a new war scroll, which they won't, but you know, if they did get a new war scroll, ooh, um, ooh. like maybe some stay off the board and then creep in. You know, give them, give them like a teleport, um, or like a, you know, a, a deep strike, um, or something like that. Just give them something that makes them distinct from other ogre units. So probably, uh, good shooting. Uh, teleport mobility, not just like movement mobility, because tank have already got that. Um, and then I think also the rand that they've currently got is a bit unique because there's not really anything else that's got the the trogoth profile of uh, you know threes, threes neg one two damage. Everything's either neg one three or um, no rand. You know two damage. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Yeah, so, which is which is awful, obviously. Weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh, and then what about uh, what about the gluttons themselves? Uh, do you feel they need to change these? need some points going down?
1: Uh, you, you look at it and you go three gluttons for 120. For what they do, it's really not that bad, is it? Um, okay. And then once you get 12 for 400, it's not that bad if you just look at it on a paper. But um, they're just the worst unit in the meta at the moment. It's just that. Just no rend, um, you know, big blob unit. It's just not good
0: they're not good at all and they also don't really relate to other units in that category like one like when you're in that 100 point c- category you can point at stuff that's significantly better for less points and stuff that's significantly obviously worse as well but then um and then they're also it's very hard to apply any buffs to them like it doesn't allow anything inside of itself to really like yeah. lift them up yeah. uh, which is what some of those other scarier units when you stack them when you you know you take a 40 block or a 30 block and you can stack some abilities on them they really they really really stack up which I think is interesting um uh, what uh, what about the uh, the <laughs> what about the scrap launcher and the iron blaster talk to me about them how do you oh. feel cuz i mean someone was running uh, like stone horns and iron blasters the other day and i loved it as a list but I just don't think it's going to work. Do you think shooting is something that's needed in the Ogre book? Because you have you struggle to bring your opponent to you, right?
1: Ah, uh, I mean, it would be nice if yeah, it would be nice if there was shooting. I mean, we've all done the iron blasters, haven't we? We've all done it. We've all lined them up and you're Oh man, look at my look at my four iron blasters, and then you go in the little denial phase where you're just like, nah, it's just really a chariot with a, with a cannon on it that does something sometimes, and then you just sort of slowly get into like. Oh no, nah, but they're shit. But if I get the blubber grunts stitch spell off that makes them do mortals on a four, they can be like stonehorns. And then you just cut off the first half of that sentence and like they can be like stonehorns. <laughs> Let's just run stone horns, you know. <laughs> What's the point? If I get the spell off, they can be like stonehorns. Just just run stone horns.
0: Just do stone horns. Yeah.
1: So they, they need they need a I
0: think a, a rework a little bit as they're well. Awful. Uh yeah. Awful. <laughs> they
1: are really. The the Scrap Launcher is a little bit more redeemable because at least you don't have to spend, you know, the undergut sub-allegiance and then taking an attire with the trophy rack and then taking a battalion so you can actually take the trophy rack, you know. I mean, I don't know how many points that is, but it's a lot. Uh, at least with the the Scrap Launcher, you can go, I'm going to take 20 Noblers and a Scrap Launcher in the Junk mob Battalion, and that's what, like 320 points? Get a command board and an artifact. And the Scrap Launcher, like, probably does basically nothing but sometimes we'll just kill like a screen maybe at a key point in the game maybe uh that's about it but it's it doesn't require much to make work um at at least a decent level so it's probably better than the iron blaster but they both probably need to be what like 80 or 90 points i mean a a lot less right a lot less
0: they're, they're, um, and
1: really there are bad. a lot of there are a lot of units in that book that need to be like not a little bit less. Like they need to get the Thunder Tuss treatment, right? Which was everything went down like 30, 40, or 50 points with the Thunder Tuss, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um So like the gorger needs to come down to sixty. I don't know why that thing is eighty. Like it's one ogre, it's eighty points basically. It's got five <laughs> wounds with the six up save. Like or give it the good deep strike so I don't have to bring it on in the first turn, you know, which is what it, it has to come on in the first turn. So what's the point, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's I just didn't... it's
1: just standing there, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just living its best life. I'd also like to see the, the ability to build like an absolutely kick-ass tyrant that takes names. Um, or like you give him names and it he, yeah. he becomes uh, really scary. That'd be really fun. Yeah. So uh, if you've He's got any kind of... Yeah. <laughs> so it's going forward... Idea going forward uh like just looking to the future um because we're coming to time now what uh would you what are you looking at at the moment are you still going to play some more Yetis? Are you going to get some real life yetis uh is this a big, i've got obviously... i've yep
1: i've got it yeah i got it the other day so i'm not using yetis because they're, they're awful but i'm using skin wolves so that's what we're doing um Good. they look great yeah so i've got 21 of them so i've got the, the rest of the army's already painted so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be happening the yetis are happening um, amazing uh, what
0: if it but we going went to forward
1: see- yeah well, yeah um yeah yeah going forward just i'll keep playing the yetis um yeah i mean there are still a bunch of li- little tweaks i would i'm gonna make uh i'm gonna put the underworld's guy in there the the throthgorn man trappers guy in there uh, okay which sounds ridiculous but uh Again, it's just another thing where your opponent goes, what the fuck does that do? And you're like, it does this. And they're like, oh my God, there's a trap on the board. I have to play around that now. And they're like, oh, they're just shitting themselves about this stupid D6 mortar wounds thing that also hits me. You know, I don't know why they did that, but... No, I but, you that. know, it's just it's just rules bloat and MSU. That's what you want with Yetis. You just want your opponent to be, what the fuck does that army do? And then, like, when I give them the turn or something, you, you want them to go, why did he give me the turn? Does he know something I don't? And you want to just get into their head and then they make a mistake, and then Big Daddy Stonehorn comes in. That's the game plan, right? So, okay. Yeah.
0: All right. That's a good game plan. It reminds me of like how Darren uh, plays. Also, Nick in the chat. Um, uh, so, Nikos, uh, he ran a load of Yetis, actually. Uh, last last Sheffield Slaughter, but he used Dungers from Ramshackle Games, uh, which are like large, beastie boys. Uh, Dung- I think he's the only way to describe it. Yeah, Dungers. But uh, he, he loved it. He loved it. And he said that they were really fun. All right, Stuart. Uh, it's been lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much. Um, have you got Absolutely. any shout outs you want to make today? Anyone you want to like holler at and be like, yeah, these are my boys. Or, you know, who you want to shout out?
1: I'll, I'll shout out the, the TTS crew. So obviously thanks to Owen and and Pascal, Missouri for always organizing the tournaments—it's uh, been absolutely brilliant. And Owen and I were talking about that the other day. It's—it's it's been good to get something positive out of, out of the shitty situation we we find ourselves in. And uh, being able to play Warhammer with people all around the world at weird times in the morning, when I can't go out because of the uh, the pandemic is, is brilliant. So, so thank you to the TOs, and uh, and then everyone who plays with me. Uh, I mean, there was a period where I didn't have a job, and I I, I played basically every day. So. Uh, you know, just a handful of names. I've definitely missed some, but, you know, Pask, Tubbs, Luke Willoughby, you know, Arthur, obviously. Arthur Arthur got me into TTS, so that's, you know, that's something. That's a big shout-out. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Boys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You've done great. <laughs> You've done great. It, the, yeah, Gitley's come up with it. The Yeti Mind Trick uh, is, a, is a great, yeah, great, great name. Mind Trick Stuart, it's been lovely having you on the show. I'm going to include, uh, or we will include, the show notes, uh, in the show notes, the links for both of Stuart's Iron Guts list and also the Yeti list as well, if you guys want to go and check them out um, and, uh, and, and reach him, We can also reach you online, right? How do we, if someone wants to talk to you about ogres or just get really weird into yetis, how do we reach you?
1: Uh, you, can, you can reach me on Discord, just just find me in one of the million TTS servers, or uh, at me on Twitter, uh, which is s mccowan 3 yeah okay. and also look up my album on spotify there you go a...
0: <laughs> yeah no shout out to your album what could you, there you <laughs> go. T- tell me about your album <laughs> quick tell us i want to hear
1: um it's uh so i play i play math jazz that's that's my thing so it's um yeah it's math jazz if, if anyone's into that it's out there
0: that's how you play <laughs> warhammer you play warhammer as math jazz it's uh I just gonna put that <laughs> Uh all right, well listen, uh, it's been lovely, really lovely to talk to you. Please go, go listen. If you wanna like listening to Math Jazz on Painting must be the best way to play. So thanks. Thanks everyone for tuning in live today. Uh um, Vince Ventrella is on the show tomorrow. Um so come and join us for that. Um the boys tonight. So tonight I'm not. Like, I'm not uh, doing the show tonight. Um, but both Nick and Tom are going to be doing the show. There should be a social media post about that soon. So they're going to be playing Dawn of War, uh, which I know isn't our normal. Uh, content uh, but it'll be really fun those two are both great people uh, and like they're really fun so just tune in for them doing something different they just wanted to do something fun and interesting while I was away for the for the tonight so uh, tune in for that it's gonna be really really fun and then Vince will be on tomorrow Stuart I can't thank you enough for being on the show thanks to everyone on the podcast everyone on Patreon and uh, everyone on YouTube we're gonna go raid someone now I've already found someone Um, it is not any Russian lads cooking eggs it's just some Warhammer people today (laughs) Uh, (laughs) brilliant yeah but it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun uh thanks Stuart we'll talk to you soon have a nice day